President Russell M. Nelson has said, My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day. These are powerful prophetic promises, and we probably all yearn for them to happen in our own lives. In an effort to more fully see these blessings in our lives, we're going to talk about the question, how do you liken the scriptures to yourself? Thanks for joining me on Answers with Amy. One of the biggest challenges we face to reading the scriptures or creating a daily reading habit is that sometimes what we read in the scriptures doesn't seem to connect to our lives. Though it happens a couple times in the scriptures, I've personally never been asked to build a boat and sail it to the promised land, and I've also never been asked to preserve records of a nation on gold plates. But I have needed to know things like how not to lose my mind when my kids were really little and it felt like I never had a moment to myself, or uh, how to balance keeping my family busy and engaged in productive things without overscheduling. And let's face it, if you're ever looking for like dating and marriage advice, the scriptures don't seem to be much help. But prophets and apostles give us all sorts of promises about how personal revelation will come as we study the scriptures every day. So we know it's absolutely possible. Let's take a moment and appreciate the difference between reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures with the intent to learn how to become more like Jesus Christ. So here's an example of what will happen or what can happen when we just read and we don't study the scriptures. There's this scripture or the story in Ether chapter 8 verse 9 that always kind of cracks me up. It is a great example of what not to do. There's this king, Jared, who's sad because he was ousted. He's no longer the king anymore. And his daughter, I don't know her name. Let's call her Victoria. Victoria. And she sees that her dad, Jared, is sad. And so she says to him, Whereby hath my father so much sorrow? Hath he not read the record which our fathers brought across the great deep? Behold, is there not an account concerning them of old that they, by their secret plans, did obtain kingdoms and great glory? So then our gal Victoria comes up with this plan where she'll dance for this guy and cut off his head and give it to her father and then he can be the king again. So they take this oath and uh, it becomes one of those secret combinations of the Book of Mormon and they try to execute this plan. And she got this idea from reading the scriptures. So I can just imagine what Moroni, who's the one who abridged the book of Ether, I can just imagine him sitting there shaking his head and thinking, what just happened? So he reminds us in verse 19 of that chapter, chapter 8, the Lord worketh not in secret combinations. In other words, he's reminding us that reading the scriptures is not enough. We need to be making connections between the actions and the consequences. In fact, that's one of the major things the scriptures can teach us is a connection between actions and consequences. In real time, in real life, consequences for our actions may take years or even decades. But in the scriptures, we can see the consequences happen within a couple chapters or a couple verses. So Victoria, or whatever her name really was, read in the scriptures that you can get a lot of power by entering into secret combinations, but either she didn't keep reading or she didn't make the connection to the consequence that these things lead to destruction. Moroni really wants us to make sure we understand that, so he spells it out for us and says, 
about secret combinations and they have caused the destruction of this people of whom I am now speaking. He's basically saying, do you see it? Do you see it? Don't make the same mistake Victoria did. So beyond making connections between consequences and actions, we need to look at the motivating doctrines and principles behind the choices and connections and consequences we're reading about. We've already kind of modeled this with the story of Victoria. Sorry if your name is actually Victoria. Instead of just reading the story and thinking, don't enter into secret combinations or you'll be destroyed, because my seminary kids seem to always find principles that ended with be destroyed, we can learn from the story something like, when we act without considering the consequences, we can be led astray. So this is a process we need to constantly be doing in order to liken the scriptures to ourselves. As Elder Scott said, as we study the scriptures, we need to search for principles, carefully separate them from the detail used to explain them. If you listen to the episode about getting more out of the temple worship, you'll notice the same process applies here. We need to look past the stories and find the doctrines and principles that motivate the choices they make and then apply those doctrines and principles into our lives. The scriptures are basically a collection of examples of what doctrines and principles look like in action. Elder Boyd K. Packer said of the Book of Mormon that it is in fact not a history. It is the saga of a message, a testament. So let's define exactly what I mean by a doctrine or a principle. And this most, most of this comes straight from the Gospel and Teaching Learning and Handbook for Seminary and Institute Teachers. So it says that principles are complete statements about an enduring truth with an action and a consequence. So for example, a principle would be, when I study my scriptures every day, I receive greater protection against temptation. So in the scriptures, principles show up in two different ways. They show up as stated principles and implied principles. So a stated principle are the obvious ones. They start with phrases like, and thus we see, therefore, wherefore, and behold. So an example is in Helaman chapter 3, verse 27, where it says, Thus we may see that the Lord is merciful unto all who will, in the sincerity of their hearts, call upon his holy name. Or in other words, the Lord is merciful to those who call upon him. An applied principle requires a little more work to uncover. When we read a story in the scriptures, we should be asking questions like, what is the moral or point of the story? Why did the writer include these events or passages? What did the author intend for us to learn? What are some of the truths taught in this passage? So an example of this would be like in 1 Nephi chapter 17, when Nephi is commanded to build a boat. I've never been asked to do that. And that's probably a good thing. I don't know that I would be any good at it. So at first glance, it doesn't seem like this story applies to me at all because I've never been asked to build a boat. But if I ask the question, what did Nephi intend for me to learn from this story? I can see that one thing Nephi may have hoped for would be that we, when we ask the... Whew, when the Lord asks us to do something we don't know how to do, he will help us accomplish that task. Or we may learn that if we're patient, the Lord will reveal to us the next step. Or we may learn something like, when others make fun of us for following the commandments, we will triumph in the end. So now I can see how the story of Nephi building a boat is something I can take and apply to my life. 
There are so many doctrines and principles we can get out of each story, and there are no wrong answers as long as the principles you find follow the guidelines of being a complete statement of an enduring truth with with a cause and effect. And most likely, you should be able, once you identify this doctrine or principle, you should be able to find it in the other books of scripture and in the the teachings of the current prophets and apostles, because doctrines are not hidden. They are taught over and over and over again. So if you are wondering whether the, the principle that you found is right, you should see it repeatedly and it should be uh, an enduring truth, a complete statement and have a cause and effect. This is where personal revelation comes in because there are so many different doctrines and principles that you can get out of every story. We need the Holy Ghost to help us learn what we need for our own lives out of each story. But this happens best when we're deliberately searching for the principles instead of hoping they will just jump out at us. I think we do that a lot with the scriptures. We scan our eyes over the pages and just hope that something jumps out that will just be like, here's the solution to your problem. Heavenly Father, as usual, expects us to be a little bit more involved in the process. When we're actively looking for doctrines and principles, we will receive so much personal revelation and know how to how to imply the things we're reading into our own lives. If you listened to the temple episode, you can then take those doctrines and principles and study it, understand it, feel the importance of it, and apply it to your life. And we talked about that process in much more detail in that episode. So feel free to go back and listen to it if that will help you. So now we know how to take something we're reading in the scriptures and find something that's applicable to us. This makes reading the scriptures so much more fun. We are more likely to continue to read when we feel like it's accomplishing something. So when you're reading and looking for doctrines and principles, you're going to be more encouraged to read and continue a pattern of study because you see that it's making a difference in your life. So a few years ago, when I had finished reading the Book of Mormon, I flipped back over to the title page to put my bookmark at the beginning so to get ready for the next day. And I happened to glance at the subtitle of the Book of Mormon, which is, of course, another testament of Jesus Christ. And I thought about all the righteous men and women who I had just read about, whose fascinating stories filled this book. I remember thinking about how their lives were living testimonies that uh, that the power of Jesus Christ has to heal and to save. And by giving this book the subtitle of another testament of Jesus Christ, it's almost as if it's giving every person in that book that same subtitle. So we could say Nephi, another testament of Jesus Christ, or Captain Moroni, another testament of Jesus Christ. I really hope that when I die, my life will also be another living testament of Jesus Christ to my posterity. And if I want to make that happen, I need to study the handbook on how to become that living testimony of Christ. And that's, of course, the Book of Mormon, which is another testament, not the only testament. It's meant to be studied in companionship with the other books of Scripture, the Bible and the Doctrine and Covenants. It is one of many testimonies of Jesus Christ. So when we study the Book of Mormon and the Bible and the Doctrine and Covenants, we will find the doctrines and principles that it teaches that help us to know how to live in a way that helps us become more Christ-like. I'm so grateful for the scriptures and all that they've taught me and all that they continue to teach me as I continue on my journey to become more like Christ. Thank you for joining me on Answers with Amy. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to ask a question to be used in a future podcast, or even just share a principle you found in the scriptures that has been meaningful to you, connect with me on Instagram at Answers with Amy.